0: Welcome back to another episode of... Explain it slowly. You're
1: squeaky. I'm squeaky. Uh, And that's because we had a child uh, in between recordings. Uh, And this is our first time recording since.
0: With the child.
1: With the child. The child is in our arms as we record. So you may hear squeaks or toots. Or cries. It's just part of the experience. (laughs) (laughs) So what was it like giving birth
0: she's smiling
1: oh uh
0: what was it like um it was an experience i guess how would you
1: rate kaiser <laughs> i was gonna
0: say like if i have to give it a uh you know a number out of 10 i would say like the experience was probably an eight like pretty well it, everything was just new And exciting and scary at the same time, Mm -hmm. you know, not knowing what to expect. But everyone there, all the nurses and the doctors were super kind and super nice. Literally, it was like a five-star hotel. (laughs) It just
1: costs like $14,000 a night. Don't worry about it.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, overall, it was good.
1: So, I I guess let's walk through our journey my journey between not having a child and having a child right yeah like
0: so it started off with uh sleep deprivation (laughs) sleep
1: deprivation yeah Yeah. I, i was crunching because i was trying to finish up all my work uh before i stepped out for three months
0: yeah it was a thursday night we were up late up until like one o'clock in the morning so Mm -hmm. pretty much friday night at one o'clock in the morning we didn't get to bed until like maybe two o'clock and at that point i was already like past due Mm -hmm. so i was like 40 weeks and like three days something like that like two days three days already and we had already scheduled in uh an induction of labor for the following week if the baby doesn't come any time between then. Mm-hmm. So we were already set and we were thinking, like, well, the chance of it happening. This week or any day up leading up until the induction day is pretty high, but we we were like, eh, it's gonna happen, right? Mm-hmm. But we didn't think it was gonna happen that night. Yeah. So Dimitri, because for
1: several nights nothing was happening, yeah. so we were like, well,
0: <laughs> yeah. So so it was really interesting. <laughs> Waiting
1: until next week.
0: <laughs> so that night, like up leading up until that night, I was constantly telling Dimitri, like, hey, the baby could come any minute, and often the it usually comes at nighttime because that's when all the hormone changes and it's always peaking around nighttime in the middle of the night. So you should, you need to stop, like, stop staying up so late so we can, you know, if it happens, we can get to the hospital and such. But that night, I was like, well, I've been saying it, but it hasn't been happening, so I'll stay up with you. So we stayed up.
1: That's what did it.
0: And then... <laughs> um. So then we didn't go to bed until like, I think nearly two and I crashed right away, of course. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of the night, it was like around two 30. I woke up to pee and this was two 30 of like Friday. Right. So yeah. last week, um, I woke up to use bathroom and while I was using bathroom, I, it felt weird. Like I, it felt like I finished peeing, but there was constantly more liquid coming out. Mm -hmm. and i was like this must be the water breaking but the thing is it's not like how in movies when water break where like you're drenched in a puddle it's not like that it's everyone is different sometimes you could have a puddle pulling out of you or sometimes it's just little trickles of like warm clear water coming out so Mm -hmm. that's sort of what happened was it it felt like it was like a, a pee but it wasn't pee because i wasn't peeing anymore and i was just sitting there and i was like why is there still liquid coming out and then that's when I was like oh no like my water probably just broke
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and so I was hesitant because so I sat there for a little bit too and I was like this must be it like it's probably the water so then I got up and I I woke Dimitri up at that point and um and I told him like hey I think my water broke and he was like what I forgot what you said, but you were like, "Oh, but I just got to bed like half an hour ago," and I'm like, "Yeah, well, the water break." No, breaks, right?
1: so, so in my <laughs> head, I I went to bed at two, uh, like zonked, zonked at two a.m. Uh, and in my head, it felt like it was six a.m.
0: Like, and it was uh-huh. like almost
1: ready for the day to like start. Uh huh. But I had only gotten thirty minutes of sleep.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: and this is important because that was the last thirty minutes for a long time for
0: both of us too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's what happened. And then I was like, I'm going to call the hospital. So we called the hospital and they said, uh, you can come in. And I was like, right now? And they're like, yep, come in right now. So we went in. And the thing with my condition was that, so normally what happened is when your water break, you don't have to rush to the hospital right away. Like, In it, fact, it, it
1: they turn could. you away.
0: In fact, they could turn you away because you're not ready to give uh, give birth. So your water break could break days before your due date, could break weeks before, and it doesn't really mean like you're in active labor or anything. It's just the the sac ruptured, and that's how, why your water break, right? So, but in my case, it's different. I tested positive for something called Group B Strep, and it's a type of bacteria that is very... That is normal that grows in the vagina, and it's actually normal for a lot of women. but the thing is since we're gonna be giving birth to a baby through the natural route, this bacteria it could is very dangerous for the baby. Mm-hmm. so when the water breaks for someone who have this type of um I guess disease bacterial infection or whatever,
1: it's not so much an infection, it's just part of your yeah gut it's part bio. of your
0: yeah. So, if you tested positive for this, like, you need to get to the hospital right away because then they need to get you on antibiotics. Mm-hmm. And they need enough time to get you on antibiotics before you give birth, assuming that you you need to give birth instantly. Mm-hmm. Whereas for me, I didn't give birth instantly. I, I gave birth, like, a day or so at, later. So, that means I was in the hospital on antibiotics, like, all day long
1: yeah i think i think it was like a good 46 hours or something yeah ridiculous
0: so it was interesting because initially when we found out that i was i had positive for uh gbs uh we asked the 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 midwife who was um examining me during our regular checkup and she said oh normally you just need like two shots or two yeah two yeah two shots of, of
1: penicillin of
0: penicillin and that's normally it but it turns out since i wasn't in labor yet and that means i have to be on antibiotics every four hours so i ended up with ten doses of penicillin
1: the last dose was uh it, it was a deal between you and the nurse either you give yes. birth or she's giving you another
0: dose <laughs> that that was really funny yeah well, we can share a bit about that but yeah. that means I had to have ten doses of penicillin and the thing is it's not uh penicillin for some reason when you give it through the NIV, it burns the veins so much mm-hmm and so, like up until that point, it's
1: like the most painful. Part yeah, of the process. up
0: until the point of labor, that IV was the thing that was causing me the most pain. Was the burning sensation in the vein mm-hmm. whenever I have to get it.
1: And and to give a little flavor to how many people have this, I think that the, the midwife quoted about forty percent of women in general have this this gut bacteria mm-hmm. um and therefore like they would need to just rush in uh, but in in cities particularly in the city of los angeles where we are uh that number is as high as like 60 percent so it's extremely likely that like a, a woman who is pregnant would need to go in right away Mm-hmm. Uh, and they want to do this as soon as the water breaks, because at that point, the baby is no longer protected
0: exactly. from it.
1: So the only thing that can protect them is your blood giving a steady supply of antibodies to to like keep it in, in check mm-hmm. to the baby. Mm-hmm. Like it's not it's not for you. It's for your blood to have it. So that way the baby can get it. Yeah. Um, Because they can't build an immunity off of it.
0: Yeah. So there was that um so yeah so I called the hospital and they said you you have to come in right away. So we got to the hospital uh by the time we got there I think it was around like 3:30 in the morning of a Friday. And then um and then when I got there like my water was still running. I was leaking everywhere literally and they said uh they're like oh we gotta admit you right away like you have this thing and your water broke so we gotta get you admitted right away and so that kind of took a little bit of time so i think by like five o'clock in the morning we we were completed uh admitted and then transferred to a private room
1: Mm -hmm. so we were split up at this point right yeah we got to the hospital like lynn checked in. Uh, and I was told to wait in the waiting room.
0: Yeah, because, well, because they're not going mm-hmm. admit to admit me until they know for sure that they can and that they mm-hmm. should. So, which is why, kind of like we said, like, just because your water break doesn't mean they're going to admit you. You can go in and they'll be like, well, you don't have any signs of labor. So, just go home and wait it out. Mm-hmm. So, that's very likely as well. If, but,
1: if you test negative for the strep. Yeah, know.
0: yeah. That's what I'm saying. Just... Mm-hmm.
1: In 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 your case all sorts of atrocities happened during this like one or two hour period where i didn't see you where they jabbed you with a needle how many times oh,
0: oh yeah <laughs> so they they had to get an iv into me get it started right away mm-hmm. Uh, and that way they can get me onto fluids and you know the the antibiotics so mm-hmm.
1: and pain meds and, if they need to do anything at yeah, all it's like so
0: so during the whole process if there anything happens the quickest way to get to save me pretty much and the baby is to get medication into me and the quickest way is through an IV so during the I think four days that we were in the hospital, the IV was in my arm the entire time. Mm-hmm. But they started off with my left hand and it didn't work. So then they they then have to switch over to my right hand and they poked me several times before they actually found a place that worked. But the thing is, it's like on my wrist. It's not even on my hand. So it's like the most uncomfortable, awkward position for it to be. Too mm-hmm.
1: Your hand was all inflamed from it, I remember.
0: Yeah, it was painful to get the IV in and uh yeah the the first IV they try to get in didn't work now I have a gigantic bruise that is the my entire arm like
1: their fore, entire forearm my is
0: entire yeah nice is and bruised up bruised up and I think it's slowly going away but I'm not too sure doesn't hurt or anything it's just
1: popped one too many blood vessels uh, yeah the, all at once. in the trial period
0: So yeah, got admitted into a private room. Of course, it it was so nice because I was like, "Dang, this room is huge." Mm -hmm. There's a bathroom. There's everything in there. There's a couch for the dad, you know. So that's me. It was nice, and then yeah, so yeah.
1: Then it was a waiting game.
0: Then it was a waiting game because I was nowhere. No contraction. Dilated. No contraction. So at that point, it was just. Well, you wait it out, and then we're going to get antibiotics into you, and then we'll see what happens then. So.
1: Yeah, and in terms of goals, right, they want you to get to 10 centimeters of dilation.
0: Before you can push. Yeah, and
1: that's basically the size of a baby's head. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in elongated form. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, but you, you, the mother, need to go from... Uh, basically your cervix needs to grow in size and thin out and essentially disappear Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and connect basically the uterus to the vaginal opening to deliver the baby, right? Mm -hmm. And all of that happens slowly. And as a result of your uterus contracting and pushing the baby a little bit at a time through that opening until it opens up enough and unless the contractions start that process can't happen it's not like it happens magically um so the only thing that they could do at this point uh is either tell you if you're still at home like if you don't test positive for this thing like wait until your contractions reach a certain cadence because that means that okay it's it's within the next few hours it's not within the next few days kind of amount of waiting yeah um but in in your case because your water broke and because you tested positive for this thing they didn't want your baby just sitting there dehydrated dehydrating uh and possibly getting contaminated for very long so they needed to induce you right Mm -hmm. um and that inducing process helps the contraction start and helps the cervix dilate basically become uh, softer and softer, so that way the baby can start helping you open up, right?
0: Yeah. So, so the uh, a little the contraction doesn't start just because you're induced. Like they have to give you medication to make the the contraction start. But they, essentially, they need to give you something. First to soften up or the term that you is, uh, use is to ripen your cervix. Pretty much to make it soft enough where it can pretty much shed itself to thin enough and to wide enough for the baby's head to go through. So before before there's any contractions, you're going to need to be dilated. And during that part, it doesn't hurt either. Like it's the contraction that hurts. But the, the thinning out of the cervix doesn't hurt at all.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, so I had two doses of that medications called Cytotec or Misoprostol. It's yeah. the same medication.
1: They wrote it down on the board as miso, miso. so I was like, "You're getting some miso soup." Yeah, <laughs> that's how I remember it.
0: So I got two doses of that, and uh, the and since getting the second dose of that, like things started rapidly changing in my body. Mm-hmm. So then they stopped. But you're supposed to get it, like, every four hours up until, like, I don't, I forgot what, I think there's, like, four doses or something like that, but every four hours. But I, they stopped because my body was, was happy with what was going on. Mm -hmm. Like, it's changing. Making good progress. good progress. Yeah, exactly.
1: Not too fast, not too slow. Yeah.
0: So, um, by then, by the second dose, it was already, uh, like 7 p.m. at nighttime of that same day that we checked Mm -hmm. in.
1: Didn't sleep yet.
0: Didn't sleep yet. So by then, and we're like, okay, well, things are happening pretty quickly. Like contractions are going to start happening soon. So then that means like, it's a good thing, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So, so then I started feeling pain at around like 11 p.m. at night. And at that point, like to deal with the pain, there are two routes that you can do or actually there's three. One is uh, live with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> two is they can do something like a temporarily or like a local anesthesia where it's uh, pretty much is opioids very much right mm-hmm. it's called, a good narcotic yeah fentanyl which uh it's a very small dose or like percentage of what people. and it hits
1: immediately right yeah
0: but the thing is that like so i can only have a total of three doses of the fentanyl at one uh, or all together and and each time they say that each time you do the next dose the effects gets less and less effective so, by the third dose, I started the first one at eleven p m and by the third dose, which was like around two two forty five three three o'clock the next day, which is like a saturday the 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 effectiveness of the third dose only lasted for like about half an hour mm-hmm. and by that point, I was so in so much pain. And the pain is really interesting because it, it starts off on your like on the in the front abdominal area
1: uh-huh.
0: and then it travels down towards downward and then you start feeling this really bad ache on your lower back. And then that ache continues all the way through down to the groin area and to the rectal area. And at that point, you feel like you have the biggest, the world's biggest poop that needs to come out, but it's stuck. And it's like the most painful thing ever.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And this is like not even labor yet. This is just like getting started.
1: So as if you're. So constipated that it, yeah, you're it's, like
0: it feels like you're about to explode.
1: Mm-hmm. Things and, are ripping.
0: Yeah, and that like literally or figuratively, but it was so painful that I couldn't take it. And at that point, Dimitri was like passed out on the couch. Not that he could do anything really. Mm-hmm. So at that point, when I when I asked for my third dose of the fentanyl, I was like. Can I also start can we also start the process for the epidural because i that's the second that's the other way of pain uh doing the pain control is they'll inject medication through your spine to numb your lower half mm-hmm. so but the thing is you don't want to start with oh the baby oh it's okay oh, oh throw up, hold on, we got a little minute accident, oh, it's okay. All mm, yum yum yums. Yums. <laughs> So the thing is, you don't want to start with the epidural right away because the thing is, if your contraction isn't that far ahead, like if you're not anywhere near close to being in active labor, being getting an epidural meaning you're gonna be bedridden much longer because you're completely numb from the bottom down. Uh-huh. So you're just gonna be in bed bored for like a much longer time so they suggest that only get it when you really need it Mm -hmm. and so but at that point like with the third shot of the fentanyl I was like okay I know this is not gonna last because the second dose didn't last that long it was like 45 minutes to an hour and so this next this last dose it was like 30 minutes or so and at that point I was like I can't take it anymore it's just so painful So I requested the epidural. But the thing is, I didn't get the epidural until three hours later. Mm -hmm. So during that whole time, I was in so much pain. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I end up getting the epidural and it was like the best thing.
1: Yeah, you zonked immediately after you got that. Well, You finally got some rest.
0: Because I was so Mm -hmm. tired for the three hours of waiting for Mm -hmm. it to happen.
1: Not to mention the whole day of not sleeping yeah
0: yeah and and the anxiety of getting an epidural because it's a very dangerous procedure like they have to inject you in your spinal cord Mm -hmm. and if anything goes wrong you could be paralyzed like that and death that could like
1: i wouldn't say if anything goes wrong if a very specific thing goes wrong you could end up paralyzed in most other cases it's either completely safe or they slip and you end up getting a very bad headache mm-hmm. because they end up injecting something that essentially mixes in with your spinal fluid. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they're they're aiming to not hit that, basically. Yeah. Um, and if they do it right, it's like a very painless process. And in your case, it was done perfectly.
0: It was done perfectly because I... Because I was so nervous and then I was continuing to have contractions at that moment. So I was so scared and the the, the anesthesiologist was like, okay, I'm, when I do this, I need you to sit really still for me. And I was like, yeah, I can't do that. Like then contraction is like killing me. And every time a contraction comes, like I'm in so much pain that I'm shaking from it. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: thankfully they have a monitor and they know when your contractions are starting and stopping. Yeah. So they could time it accordingly.
0: Yeah. And also I was so nervous and scared so every time the contraction happens I like make a point of letting the them them know that like I'm about to start my contractions like don't stab me you know so it was yeah but I have to say the process for the epidural was so nice and like it went so smoothly that I in a way felt like I overreacted mm-hmm. or over of what could happen it, it it was just a pinch in the back, and then afterwards, I was numb. A pinch as in, like, you, you're getting a shot, pretty much. They numb mm-hmm. you first, and then afterwards, like, they just do what they do, and within... I would say, like, within, like, a minute or so, I was completely, like, fine.
1: Yeah. I didn't
0: feel a thing. Like, it was fine.
1: And the And the epidural itself is essentially an IV that's mm-hmm, going into mm-hmm. your spinal cord to continuously de- uh Intrigue. deliver yeah. and infuse medication that numbs you um and that means it has to stay there so they like taped her up um to like keep it in place and it's mm-hmm. this really really like i would say about as thin as like a few hairs bundled together like a really really thin mm-hmm. tube uh that was snaking around you and i was like so worried that it would just snap
0: I thought so, too. I I heard people say that, like, when you get an epidural, you can't really lie down flat on your back. You have to, like, be on your side because just, you know. So then I'm imagining, like, hey, your back is like that. And then you have a tube that is perpendicular coming out of you. So that, yeah, that makes sense, right? If you lie on your back, you're going to kink that tube. But uh, so I kept asking, like, is it okay if I'm on my back? And they're like, yeah, you're totally fine.
1: Yeah, it was such a small tube that it's probably, like, the tape is enough to bend it and keep it in place yeah so for good
0: yeah so i got the epidural at 6 a.m the next day and up until then we have like not, a full
1: 28 hours
0: yeah and we did not sleep um and and then continue getting my penicillin of course every four hours
1: mm-hmm. and then
0: uh around like nine thirty in the morning they decided okay like things aren't progressing anymore um, let's give you something called Pitocin, which is um
1: this is the oxycotin
0: uh, uh what's the word uh oxytocin
1: oxytocin
0: it's uh it's a um it's medication that causes you to contract mm-hmm. and causes your uterus to do its thing, so usually you can do up to as many as like 20 like 20 like uh milligram
1: milliliters per hour milligram i don't think it's
0: milliliter yeah and they and they started off with a very small dose of like two and then um they keep track of how the contraction goes and then they'll increase it to like four And then six and stuff like that. But by, um, I think by like six or something, my contraction was like on schedule. So like we kind of stall a little bit, you know, like things were progressing very nicely that, uh, like that we were like, okay, it's going to happen today. It's going to happen today, you know? But, um, so then at that point it was already morning, saturday morning and dimitri and we have two cats right mm-hmm. so um so and we live only 10 minutes away from the hospital so dimitri would go home whenever he can to take care of the cat yeah, this
1: was my second time
0: going home right
1: going home yeah because i went friday night and then i went saturday morning because one of our cats kitan as you may or may not know from listening to the show uh has a peeing problem and she's on medication that has more or less solved it. Yeah. But she needs to stay on that medication. The moment we miss a dose or we like delay it by a few hours, like the problem can come back and it has. Uh so as much as we could, knowing that Lynn was not anywhere close to giving birth yet, I was like, okay, I can take thirty minutes to mm. go home, uh, do stuff and then come back.
0: Yeah. So, so he did that, That's, and that was my
1: third time. I actually went Friday morning, Friday evening, and then Saturday morning, yeah
0: and then so then he he did that, and then I continued to stayed at the you know at the hospital, getting my I don't know at this point like <laughs> my uh getting my like sixth or seventh penicillin shot at that point point. Mm-hmm. and you uh, couldn't
1: eat anymore. Oh, right, because and I
0: couldn't eat anymore because since I started the epidural, I can no longer eat. It has to be ice only.
1: Mm-hmm. So they they deliver these ice chips, as they like to call them, which are crunchy. Uh, yeah, because the
0: ice, the ice is porous, so mm-hmm. you can just chew on it. And it was, like, so satisfying to yeah. chew.
1: But you're not allowed to drink. You're not allowed to eat. And that's because since you're on the epidural, um, if they need to like if anything happens you they might need to put you under uh and if that happens then you cannot throw up under any circumstance and if you do that might enter your lungs and cause there's that there's that reasoning like
0: that. but there's also the other reasoning is that uh if you ask, if you happen to need to do like a, an emergency c-section or anything like that you can't have anything in your stomach in case because you are doing major abdominal surgery, mm-hmm. in case like they accidentally damage your 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 stomach or something like that, like there's gonna be food in there, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. So you
0: don't want any of that. So yeah, Dimitri went home. I got my penicillin, just writing it out. And at this point, it was like around eleven o'clock. In so the morning.
1: The it, only thing that still hurts is the penicillin at this point. Right? Yeah. The
0: only thing that was so painful was the penicillin. And at this point, I was already numb completely from the waist down. Right. So when, when that happens, you, uh, they need to like pretty much rotate you from side to side from different positions every like hour or so. Mm-hmm. So, so they did that. Um, and the thing it was, intru- it was, it wasn't funny, but it, I don't know, I guess it was funny at the same time because what happened was I was on the phone call with Dimitri when this sort of happened, but it didn't happen at the same time, so we were on the phone call, and Dimitri was very much telling me like everything is
1: feeding fine. the cats, everything a is done, and he
0: he's about to come back to the hospital and i'm and I'm about to be you know rotated, and the nurse was there checking things entering stuff in the in the computer on my chart so then I was like okay uh since you're coming back like that's fine like and she's about to rotate me so I hung up the phone right and and the moment I hung up the phone uh the nurse started to rotate me and I I was lying on my left side and she rotated me towards to face my to be on my right side and the moment we did that all of a sudden, like, I I, I don't even know. Panic. What, panic happened. I <laughs> not, guess. not
1: on your side, but on the nurse's side, right?
0: Panic happened because I had no idea what happened.
1: And I only know secondhand uh, accounts of all this because I was not there.
0: <laughs> yeah. So what happened was uh, she tried to rotate me. And that movement, and since I was still having contractions that I'm not feeling because of the epidural, um, that usually puts the baby in sort of like a stress situation already. And then the fact that they need to rotate me, I guess the movement of me being shift from one position to another was also a little bit too stressful for the baby, that uh, the baby's heart rate normally was averaging around like 130-ish to 140 to 150, drop all the way down to 50. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea that that happened.
1: And that's because they turned down the machine where you can hear the baby's heart rate right? the, mm-hmm. the well
0: even if they did didn't i wasn't mm-hmm. paying attention to that because mm-hmm. i was trying to do something mm-hmm. so i didn't pay attention to all the sound the machines in the background i was just you know okay i need to turn so i was following the nurse's instruction to turn and all of a sudden, when she flipped me over to my right side, all of a sudden she was like, no, 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 go back, go back, go back. So then she like tried to rotate me back to the other side. And then all of a sudden, within like seconds, the entire room was swarmed with nurses and doctors. Like,
1: I think that's the only time we interacted with a doctor.
0: <laughs> like there were like there were doctors and nurses, and midwives. Like then my room was filled filled with like seven or eight people all of a sudden running in rushing into the room and at that point I still didn't know what was going on um and then they're like they were all like just yelling out instructions to each other do this do that somebody like disconnected my IV somebody gave me a shot of something in my arm to stop the the contraction from continuing to happen And then they're like, okay, we need to get you on your leg. We need to get you on your fours for like your two arms and your two legs. And at that point, I was numb, right? So I tried my best to like boost myself up to get onto my fours. And it didn't work. So they're like, okay, it's not working. We need to, you need to lie down. We need to get her into the OR. I was like, (laughs) OR. I was thinking, first time
1: hearing of that,
0: I was thinking in my head like OR, like, geez. I mean, that, that means operation room. Like, they're about to do something. And then, at that point, I still didn't connect that there was something wrong with the baby. And they're like, oh, we need to do an emergency C-section. I was like, oh, shoot. Like, something's wrong with the baby. And they need to cut the baby out. Mm-hmm. And I was like... And I at that point, the shot that they gave me in my arm to uh, to stop the contraction gave me the worst jitters and shakes that i've ever experienced so i was like (sighs) i was shaking so much and dimitri was not there it was just me by myself
1: i am blissfully driving back to the hospital la-di-da it's gonna happen maybe tomorrow night is what i'm thinking in my head
0: yeah so they rolled me out and and like into the or and 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 the whole time i was like And they're like, we're going to do, we're probably going to, we're going to do an emergency C-section. And the first thing in my thought, my head, and I asked them was, is it (laughs) going (laughs) to hurt?
1: That leads to your concerns.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The first thing I said to them was, is it going to hurt? And they're like, no, 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 you won't feel a thing. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, oh, my husband is on his way. And at that point, I don't know where you were, but they rolled me into the, the, o, the OR room. And then at that, and then I was still hooked up to like a, a heartbeat monitor on my belly. So they, they can still continue to monitor the baby's heart rate. But by the time I reached the OR room, the baby's heart rate started to climb back up. And. Um, and so they came to me and they get, they got my phone and they told me to call Dimitri and I called Dimitri, but I, I, I was like, I didn't know what to say. So except I I was thinking in my head, like, oh, they're going to cut the baby out. Like, but I didn't say that. I was like, I didn't know what to say. So I just like handed the phone to the nurse and I was like, here, you tell him.
1: So, so this is me. I'm pulling into the parking lot at Kaiser. I literally pull into a, a spot. I'm about to turn the ignition off. The phone goes off connected to the car. So I answer. I'm like, hi, what's up? Uh, and Lynn opens with everything is fine. Here's the nurse. And you just know when someone presents something like that. It's like there's such a lack of information. I
0: don't even remember what I said to you. That's the
1: thing. <laughs> Everything's I- fine. Here's the nurse. And then the nurse started explaining all these things. I'm like, pause. I can be up there in like a minute. <laughs> Is, is yeah
0: it, i'm like outside the door the everything's building.
1: fine right Every, she said everything's fine can i just come up and they're like yes just see the station they'll get you hooked up into a bunny suit they called it yeah uh, and then you can go into the or room um and then i'm like oh our room <laughs> that was the first i heard of that oh
0: right because i didn't say anything you didn't
1: say you said everything's fine here's the nurse <laughs> so i i immediately rushed i had all these fruits for you um so i immediately rushed up uh i i put everything uh to the side and then i i went over i got dressed up in the funny uh bunny suit uh and then i see lynn all like bundled bundled up kind of like crucified on the table (laughs) (laughs) um and then everyone just all the doctors and surgeons are just like chilling on their phone like not a worry in their mind they're probably like ah Whew, a break
0: <laughs> yeah it's probably like they're they like hundred surgery that day
1: and there lynn was just lying down shivering with this silly smile on her face because i'm sure it was a nervous i was so a nervous, nervous anxious uh smile uh but the the one thing she said to me made me laugh so hard uh it was something along the lines of like Now you got your revenge. I was taking videos of you shaking during your COVID shot. And now you can get me shaking. (laughs) So thankfully everything uh, was completely stabilized from that point forward. Yeah. Uh, By the
0: time Dimitri mm -hmm. came into the room, the baby's heartbeat already went back to normal. And they were just keeping me there for another like 10 minutes or so to make sure it doesn't dip. Mm -hmm. and uh and yeah uh, the baby was fine and so they rolled me back to my room again and we waited out for the
1: from scratch
0: from scratch yeah because
1: we the the medication they put in her completely stopped the contractions
0: exactly yeah so so we had to redo everything pretty Mm -hmm. much and then that that kind of took a long time to get the the contractions to start again
1: mm-hmm. and then at that point lynn was like oh you should go get lunch uh, like go get something to eat uh don't worry um because like there's no activity happening i'm like Mm-mm, no way no way am i stepping aside at this point i was away for literally two minutes away and chaos happened yeah uh so that was uh That was something that was definitely an experience, to say the least. I mean,
0: it was for everyone, I guess. Like, I'm sure all the nurses were so uh, paranoid, like not Mm -hmm. paranoid, but like on edge, too, because.
1: Yeah, the poor nurse that was helping you, she was really worried about turning you again. Yeah. Like she was trying to act it out as if like Uh she was confident enough. She was not. She was very worried uh, that the worst could happen again that I mean she we could have lost
0: it. we could have lost our baby mm-hmm. if, if like the heart rate never bounced back wait and and just th- and it was scary to think about it because we had gone gotten that far literally like 40 weeks and three days and four days <laughs> and we are on the final you know
1: final stretch
0: yeah and just Hours away from delivering this baby, and then this happened like
1: seven doses of penicillin,
0: <laughs> yeah. And you would never imagine that, like, you know, something worse could happen, right? But mm-hmm. we, yeah, it was scary to know that. But she's here in my arms right now, sleeping, so pretty lucky,
1: yeah. So, from that point forward, it was just a waiting game, we needed to wait for the contractions to start again. They did not want to start you on the oxytocin.
0: Oxytocin on right. the
1: oxytocin too hard. Again, they right. wanted to go very slowly. Right,
0: because that that could have probably contributed to the baby mm-hmm. not that, being in stress.
1: Yeah, that plus uh, you had uh, your placenta. I don't know if you remember from the very beginning, it, it implanted uh, low.
0: That wasn't the problem anymore.
1: But as a result of that, the umbilical cord was rather short. So, likely what happened is as you were moving, things got pinched Could at be. that point. Yeah. And it wasn't until they moved you a lot to the point where you were now in the OR that things were no longer pinched and that they started returning back. That's why they were like, go back to your old position, you know? Yeah. So
0: Yeah, so so this all of this happened at like eleven o'clock in the morning. So by the time the that Dimitri showed up and literally then, a span
1: of twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah,
0: in a span of twenty minutes and I was back in the room again and it was like around eleven thirty that we did my penicillin again and I think I passed out for a few hours.
1: Yeah, you finally got some sleep.
0: Yeah, and then um so throughout the, the rest of the day, like penicillin, more uh, pitocin monitoring the baby's heart rate and then at that point like i was paranoid every minute i'm awake i'm like how's the baby's heart rate how's the baby's heart rate Mm -hmm. yeah
1: so it's at that point that i i I manually went up to the machine and i turned it up a little so we can just hear it because it was very soothing the past few like days and nights hearing it so
0: yeah so i mean uh so what is it 10 hours later it was time to push this little nugget out
1: yeah and that that happened relatively quickly they were expecting since you were a first time mom mom, on an epidural this would be like a six hour active delivery thing Mm -hmm. um and at that point it was right at the edge of your last of your 10th penicillin shot like it was four hours so like the 11th one was ready uh, basically and the nurse was like well you have a you have a choice to make we can either give you your next dose of penicillin or you can push that baby out right now
0: <laughs> and i was like let's push that baby <laughs> and also uh the baby was born on um April twenty second, which is Earth Day. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to and we're like, Oh, it's Earth Day. That that seems like something, a good day,
1: that's a good goal. Th-
0: that that seems like something positive because the next day is just a regular Sunday.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: we're like, Yeah, let's aim for 3rd thir- let's aim for Earth Day. And given that like we started pushing at like nine forty 950 exactly yeah 950 like earth day is about to be over really (laughs) soon and the the thing is when you're on an epidural like the act of pushing is at least four hours Mm all right and so like at 950 we didn't have much time Mm -hmm. so i was just like i'm gonna do it because i don't want that 11th shot of penicillin and and to
1: be clear the process was already starting it's not like you were you were starting it early or anything. Your contractions were just right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: So we pushed, and it took me two hours to push mm-hmm. because I was like, "I'm going for this," because I'm so at that point, I was in so much pain. The I did not feel pain in. Uh, Where the baby comes out in my vagina. I did not feel pain there. But I felt pain in my abdomen. Mm -hmm. Where the baby is still there. And the uterus is contracting. And the epidural does not numb your abdomen. It numbs your waist down. Yeah. So I can still feel all the strong contractions. And of course it starts in the abdomen to start squeezing the baby downwards. So that it's like so painful. Mm -hmm. And... And the thing is, you can't push until the the contraction comes because you want to ride the wave of the contraction to push. Yeah. That way, the contraction and the uterus is doing all the work and you are just helping it along. So that was so painful to have to wait for it.
1: To, to describe it a different way, you can think of the uterus like a bag. It's made of muscle.
0: Mm-hmm. Its only
1: purpose is to squeeze. Yeah. Um And that bag's opening is essentially like the outside world. So it's trying to squeeze just inwards to itself and Mm -hmm. that pushes the baby out. Yeah. But it alone, it's not going to do it. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just going to squeeze around the baby. It's not Mm going to push the baby in any way. Meanwhile, as the contractions get heavier and heavier, and this is me as a non doctor of any sort, like I can just hypothesize here. Um, I think that as the contractions become heavier and heavier, they're pulling more on all the rest of your internal organs, which are not like safeguarded by the epidural. So you feel all that like stress of the uterus, which is pulling down on your diaphragm, on your guts, on all your internals. And that's probably what was hurting the most as those contractions got heavier and heavier. So you didn't feel all the pain like down at your hip. Uh, you felt all the pain that was, like, where the uterus connects everything else, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, as you said, you need to ride the contraction, meaning that once the bag contracts, you need to push the top of the bag in some way, whether you do, like, a push-up, like, a pull-up, where you're essentially shoving all your insides against the top of the bag to push it, uh, whether you're using your diaphragm and you're making that hard, While you're pushing it, like to take a deep breath and not, not like keep the air in, but to like stay firm, if that makes sense.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Because remember you were, there were like two things that you could have done. You could have like started blowing out your cheeks and turning your face red. And that was not what you wanted. Or you could have kind of kept it, kept your core strong. Right. And then used your core to push at the top. What did I do? You were doing a lot of that. Which one? The, The core.
0: Oh, okay. Because I think at first I was puffing off my cheeks, and, and, and then, I was like,
1: "Stop that! You're gonna, you're gonna lose your."
0: Yeah, I'm gonna pass out.
1: Yeah, because yeah. you're essentially forcing all the blood to your face yeah. in that regard.
0: Well, because if you've never given birth, you don't know what you're supposed to do, even if someone tells you, like. Oh, push with your diaphragm or do this, do that. It doesn't make any sense unless you are in that moment and you are trial and error to see what feels right.
1: Mm-hmm. And then meanwhile, while you're processing it, suddenly a huge jolt of pain comes yeah. and interrupts all that.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I think it took me a few try to really understand what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, like, that's what uh, made the, the delivery a lot faster. I mean I did it in two hours, so I mean I, I think that was like such a long time but mm-hmm. before I knew it, it was two hours past and yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's here's something that people don't talk about, you poop. Because the, the <laughs> idea of pushing out a baby is the same idea as you pooping. Mm-hmm. And so and they said how do you know that you need to push? Well, you need to push when you feel a heavy need to poop. And at that point, it's the baby that wants to come out, not you needing to poop. But it feels as if you need to poop because with the epidural, you're numb. So you only have that sensation to rely on is, oh, I need to poop. And when you feel that, that is the baby trying to push his way out.
1: And we're not saying a baby is a giant poop, but the baby is a giant poop.
0: Yeah, so it's that sensation. So, yeah, I mean, everyone poops. So, I mean, and it's kind of hard to not poop in labor because it's all connected, you know. And and it's not like you can go, like, days of not eating. You have to eat to get the energy to do it.
1: So, we had this whole conversation with the nurse. Um, and, and like, between Lynn and I, we're rather open about how our bodies work. Mm-hmm. Like, we we are not a household where women don't fart or anything like that. Um, which we had that conversation with the nurse. They we were like, oh, yeah, my old boyfriend it was like, women fart? That's weird. Uh, meanwhile, like, in labor, it's like, women poop. That's just yeah. part of the process. Uh, So we had that whole conversation. And then as you were doing your first few pushes, like you pooped.
0: I pooped.
1: But... But I My- didn't
0: know I pooped I just like have an inkling that mm-hmm. I probably poop Because who doesn't
1: And then the nurse and I are being very considerate About this situation <laughs> So we have a straight face on We don't really smell anything Because we're all like masked up And the hospital like circulation is doing an excellent job But meanwhile Lin starts giggling A lot <laughs>
0: Well, because I was like, we
1: kept asking, what's wrong? You're just like laughing. (laughs) No,
0: no, because I, I was like, I probably poop, but then they didn't tell me because they're trying to be discreet about it and not embarrass me. And the thing is, it was funny because they're trying not to tell me and I'm like, I poop, right? And then she, and then the nurse was like, yeah, you did, but just a little, like, it's not a big deal. And I'm like, no, I'm fine with it. Like, I know I'm supposed to do it you know and then just in my head i'm like it's so funny because like they were trying to be nice to me and the whole thing is i was in so much pain i was delusional at that point and i was i couldn't help but like just laugh nonstop because i'm like i can freaking smell my food <laughs> smell it and here you have these two people who are standing there like straight face and was like no you didn't poop it doesn't stink in here and i'm like what <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was very really funny i have to say those we were had, the happy
1: points <laughs> we
0: had the best nurse oh all the nurses were awesome but the the one that helped me through the 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 majority part of the pushing she was awesome. She was so funny. Like, she was such a nice... Like, you can say she's a friend at the same time. Like, she was so friendly that we were just having a normal conversation as she was guiding me through this whole contraction and pushing mm-hmm. thing.
1: Keeping the edge off.
0: Yeah, and I guess that's their job. But it, it was really, yeah. It was a it was a very good experience overall, despite all the pain.
1: Mm-hmm. And then as soon as the pain... Was done, as soon as the baby was delivered, the pain was done. You had, like, a relief on your face.
0: Yeah, when the pain... I felt the baby come out, like...
1: It comes out all at once. No, no,
0: no, despite it being really numb. Despite everything being numb, but then you feel, like, this really big, bad pressure on your vagina. But, like, when the baby popped out, I felt the relief of the head. Because... At that point, like, the baby doesn't... If I stop pushing, it's not like the baby gets, like, sucked back in. No, the baby it's just... It's always
1: making progress. Like, a millimeter at the there. time, yeah. It just
0: stays there. But so, like, like...
1: You're so angry at us because you're like, you guys are lying to me. It's not there yet. You just keep saying it's almost there. And it's it's literally making making a little progress. You see a little bit of hair, then you see a little bit more of the head. And, like, little by little, you're, like, yeah, it's making
0: like, progress. yes mano- like, nano millimeters at a time every push
1: and every every time the contraction started you were to push three times right yeah because that's how long the contraction lasts um and then afterwards it's like a small little break between before the next one that
0: was the worst part is the break Mm -hmm. because i was so uncomfortable especially near the end when the baby like started to crown, meaning like the top of the baby's head is already showing, like I just need to push the baby out at that point, right? So the waiting is the most painful part because the contraction gets worse and worse and it gets closer and closer to happening. The frequency is just bad. Mm. And then I have to wait it out. I, could, I couldn't I could do it. So every time I start to feel the contraction, I'm like, can I push? Can I push? Because I can't hold it in. Mm-hmm. It just hurts so much. So I think because of the the urge to want to push and get it over with is what made it fast. Mm-hmm.
1: I think that combined with the fact that throughout the entire pregnancy, you were working out. Mm-hmm. Like you were staying very active um, and you were like your body was not in a state where... It had a lot of trouble like moving, right? Mm-hmm.
0: It was funny. Yeah. Speaking of moving, I was on the epidural and I'm supposed to be like numb from the waist down. But every time the nurse was like, okay, we're going to move you. We're going to do this. moved herself. I just like lift up my hip and I just started moving and then it puts them all in a panic attack every single time. They're like, no, 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 hold on, hold on. Like I need to help you. Like you need to stop moving on your own. And I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> like I didn't even realize I was doing that. Mm-hmm. So I, I was pretty fit in a way. Though I did gain a lot of fat mm-hmm. and weight. But overall, I think my core was really fit to, to do what I did.
1: Yeah. And the second thing I want to add is you also don't want this process to happen too quickly because...
0: You'll tear.
1: Yeah. The, the, the reason why it takes a long time is because now that the cervix is ready, there's no more cervix. The uterus is basically connected straight to the vaginal opening. And... At that point, you just need to open up the vagina, little mm-hmm. by little by yeah. little, and that's the baby's head doing that. Um, and if it happens slowly enough, the skin stretches and does not rip. Yeah. Um, so they don't want you pushing outside of a contraction, because that essentially means you're going to rip, you're gonna through, rip everything. through everything.
0: Muscles and everything. Yeah. yeah.
1: So thankfully, like, you had very few tears um just like a little bit through and tearing, the muscle
0: tearing is common like there's no way you're not gonna tear especially gonna, in
1: your first delivery you're gonna
0: tear one way or the another mm-hmm. it's just how how uh you, how much of the tearing you can limit right mm-hmm. so
1: yeah and then out out came a beautiful baby girl she wasn't beautiful when she came out i'm gonna be the first to say that she's a little gremlin um i don't know if you've ever seen the show on snl called the Coneheads, uh but i think that was heavily <laughs> influenced by the fact that every baby is every a cone baby head. is a cone head because the skull literally does not fit right so it needs to it needs to be in a shape that can fit and the shape that works is a cone um, because that that just helps. Well, that's the whole all. Thing that's also
0: out. because all the bones aren't fused together yet for a reason, <laughs> which allows the a little
1: more flexibility
0: the the, the bone to reshape itself to go through the vagina, which is why they end up with a misshapen head. For I I guess I say for a few days, her head rounded out pretty quickly.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, she came out um the the umbilical cord was as i said earlier a little bit short
0: they told you that
1: yeah she said oh this one is short um like she because she tried to like move the baby up towards you um. but there's n- not enough oh uh, okay yeah so she, they kind of like had her on your on your belly mm. uh for the most part they clamped on both sides of the umbilical cord and they're like dad do you want to cut it i'm like yeah i'll cut it um so i cut the umbilical cord something no one tells you the umbilical cord does not look like skin like coming out of your belly button it's this white tube for the most part
0: i think it's like
1: uh it's like white translucent kind of almost like milky in color i
0: wanted to say it's sort of like rubber yeah like like plastic rubberish
1: it's very unique it is uh, it is clearly separate from the belly button mm-hmm. uh and i say this to say like no matter where you cut on this umbilical cord, it's not going to de- make an innie or an outie. It has nothing to do. <laughs> and yeah. that becomes very clear the first time you see an umbilical cord. Uh, but yeah, the baby came out, we cut the umbilical cord, the baby went straight to you. Um, and you had this face of relief. Uh, <laughs> the first thing you said was like, she's so gnarly looking or something like that. She's ugly. She's ugly, but she became very cute quickly afterwards. So, uh, either hormones at work or uh, we just have a cute baby. Who knows?
0: Well, we we are of different ethnic groups, so or different race, mix. so we are pretty mixed. And mixed babies tend to look very cute.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're unique enough, I guess. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's a mutt.
1: Uh, and then yeah, the midwife at that point just <laughs> yanked on the umbilical cord, and out came the placenta. I was not expecting it to just like come out like that but just yeah a good pull uh and that came out and with the placenta was a whole sack and this is quite large Mm -hmm. like you expect this thing to be like relatively small but no it's a big it's a big organ that comes out Mm -hmm. um and we did not ask to keep the placenta um and yeah and at that point the little baby niece was born
0: yeah we named her niece
1: after the coastal city in France. Which was named after the goddess of victory in Greek mythology. The same name as Nike. Fun fact. Did you know? <laughs> Did you know? Anyways, this has been a very a very long episode. But hopefully it was interesting and educational. I, I certainly would have loved to know about this process like in school like i don't know why no one teaches you about this Mm -hmm. until like much later um it feels like something it doesn't
0: apply to people so it just applies
1: to almost every human eventually right yeah (laughs) it 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 keeps you from being stupid once you see newborn new parents right and you don't have to ask stupid questions if you know it right Mm -hmm. so yeah thanks for listening everyone
0: Bye. bye